Welcome to the Junior Golf Success Podcast, where we bring you the tips and tricks you need to improve your mental game and start shooting lower scores. I'm your host, Rohan Saxena, state champion junior golfer, and this is season one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Junior Golf Success Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. Today, we're going to continue our deep dive into the goal-setting process by talking about the magic link between the strategic plans we talked about last episode and actually setting goals, which will be next episode's focus. Today with me, I've got a best-selling author, speaker, real estate developer, and physician, Dr. Sunil Saxena. This guy is an expert at making SWOT analyses. Tell me, Dr. Saxena, what is a SWOT analysis and why do we do them? Well, Rohan, thanks for having me back again. We've got some great episodes going here. I'm so excited for your listeners. I know this stuff is going to help them if they implement. Uh, A SWOT analysis is something that we use in business all the time and can be applied to anything, uh, certainly golf uh, or life in general. Uh, it's basically an acronym, that w- which is SWOT, which stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. It's a great way to kind of analyze your goals uh, and how you want to progress. It's just a great way to organize all of this stuff and look for areas that you can work on and improve. And Dr. Saxena, what are strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? Basically, a strength is something that you already are really good at, something that you maybe naturally are good at. So that that's really what a strength is, and you need to write all those things down. Uh, every human being is born with strengths. We're all good at something naturally, uh, and those would be your strengths. Weaknesses are the opposite, areas you're really not good at. Now, these are areas you can certainly work on and improve, but they're just things that that are difficult for you and areas that you really aren't that good at. An opportunity is really where you where you can improve. Like what are some short or even long-term things that you see that, hey, if I can do these things, we can really improve and get a better outcome or the outcomes that we're looking for. And then the last thing is a threat. These can be mental, uh, psychological, physical. What are threats that might derail you on this, on this road or this path to success in your goals? And Dr. Saxena, why do we do SWOT analyses? So why do we do these is simply, like you said, is to link our high-level vision or our goals to an actionable plan that we can start implementing right away. So it really helps you develop this, you know, in usually a, sh- a relatively short-term strategic plan that you can go out and implement and show improvement and progress towards your o- overall high-level goals. Awesome. Uh, with that being said, let's dive into the analysis, starting with strengths. For me, One of my biggest strengths has always been my driving accuracy and driving consistency. Ever since I was 12 years old, I learned how to hit a driver, and from there, I've always hit 10 to 12 fairways around. Dr. Saxena, what do you do with strengths like these? Well, you simply, you improve them. Just because it's a strength of yours, you don't just sit around and do nothing about it. You always look to improve your strengths. And these are areas that you can really build your game around. So really for you you can always build your game around, hey, I'm going to be in the fairway playing most of my shots from the fairway. And that's just an advantage you have and a strength that you can build a game, your game off of. 
And again, just a comment here, but this is some, an area you can build your life around as well. Once you identify your overall strengths, you, you can use those for whatever area, area or areas in your life that you want to tackle. Yeah, exactly. Just to like, to continue that example, let's say you had a really good short game. If that was one of your strengths, you could build your game around that. Even if you're hitting it crooked, even if you're not in the fairway, you know, as long as you get it near the green, you can get up and down and save par. In fact, that's what two very famous golfers, Seve Ballesteros and Phil Mickelson, did. Yep. But before we continue, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my book, It's Between the Ears. Are you underachieving on the golf course or in life? Are you practicing harder than anyone else you know, but still shooting the same disappointing scores in tournaments? Then you need a copy of my book, It's Between the Ears which outlines the 18-element framework of mental toughness you need to start shooting the scores you're truly capable of. For a limited time, if you want a free copy, visit sunilrohansaxena.com forward slash book. It's also in the show notes page, which is linked in the episode description. Now let's get back to the episode. This leads us to number two, weaknesses. And to continue on my driving example, while my accuracy and consistency has always been a strength, I've never been the longest hitter. Driving distance has always been a weakness of mine. Dr. Saxena, once you've identified a weakness like that, what do you do with it? Yeah, you simply you work on them. You work really, really hard on your weaknesses. You, you attempt to turn them into your strengths. I heard a great saying once is that success is simply identifying your weaknesses and working so hard on them until they become your strengths. That's really essentially almost a way you can think of how to be successful. In your case, you know, with your driving distance not being maybe the longest, it's something you can work on and you've definitely worked on it. And you're getting very, very close to being a long driver now. So uh, it's something that can definitely be worked on. Another great example that you and I have always talked about was Andy Roddick. For those of you youngsters who don't know who that is, uh, that he was a former uh, number one tennis player in the world. He was probably the last best American tennis player, uh, won a U.S. Open. But really, Andy's game was built around a very, very good serve and a very good forehand. And when p people started figuring that out and how to play him, he really stopped doing as well as he did. One of Andy's weaknesses was his volleys. He never was a good volleyer, really didn't work on him much. And I still remember, I believe it was the 2000, no, I, actually, I, I won't attempt to say what year it was, but it was a year that he played uh, Roger Federer in the, in the Wimbledon final. And uh, he was almost up two sets to, to love. Uh, and he simply had to make a relatively easy backhand volley. And he would have been up two sets to love. But, of course, Andy missed the volley, you know, hit it wide. And Roger came back and won that set and, of course, won the match. So, really, that's a great example to me of, of, a, of a story where Andy could have been a two-time Grand Slam champion but was only remembered as a one-time Grand Slam champion because he simply didn't take the time to really work on his volleys. And in this example, we're not expecting Andy to become the best volleyer in the world or, or really remembered as one of the best. Really, if he just got his volleys up to a certain point where he could have made that volley, I'm certain he would have won that match. Exactly. Uh, for me in driving distance, it's really about understanding today's modern game. If you look at all the guys at the top 10 of the world rankings, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau now, they're hitting the ball long. They're above 180 ball speed. They're 180, 185. Bryson's pushing 200 miles an hour ball speed. This is really where the game's going. And if you don't adapt, you kind of lose. So it's really about understanding this, understanding that yes, it is a weakness, but now I'm really working on it hard. And now I think it's going to become a strength. 
Yeah, again, you know, what what else can I say? I mean, the first step is identifying those weaknesses. And like you said, understanding that really to play today's modern game at, at a high level, you really do need to be a long driver. It gives you a huge advantage. Now, of course, it can be done without that. But here you have you've identified a weakness, you're working on it. And I believe it's soon going to be a strength of yours. Awesome. This leads us to the third step in a SWOT analysis, opportunities. For me, there's one great example that stands out in my mind. I believe two summers ago, my coach had one of his students in town for the entire summer. This student was a professional golfer and had an amazing short game. At the time, my short game was certainly a weakness of mine. So during the summer, I decided to have him mentor me on my short game through what I call a short game combine. Every week, we'd have a lesson where we went over something in short game. Chipping, pitching, bunker play, flopping, whatever it was, we worked on it really hard over that summer. And I came out of the summer with short game as my biggest strength. Honestly, it overtook my driving as my biggest strength. It was crazy. And this was only possible because my dad and I found the opportunity and then capitalized on it. What do you think, Dr. Saxena? Yeah, I think what you provided is a great example is that as you're doing your SWOT analysis, now you've identified your strengths, you've identified your weaknesses, but now look for opportunities. In your case, you just had this opportunity that summer. You realized it was a weakness. You jumped on it. You took advantage of it. And you ended up coming out of that summer where short game now is actually a strength of yours. So that's exactly what we mean by identify these opportunities for improvement. And as soon as you see them, jump on them. This leads us to the fourth and final step, which is threats. Threats are those things that can derail your golf career if you don't manage them and mitigate them. In my opinion, the number one threat when it comes to golf is making swing changes without the guide of an instructor. I have been guilty of falling into this trap so many times. The best example being shoulder down, what I call the shoulder down story. I saw this tip on YouTube, get your shoulder down in your backswing. And I was like, oh, let me do this. I worked so hard at it. I hit thousands of balls, hundreds of balls, working on the shoulder down, and it ruined my ball striking. It was so bad, I couldn't even hit the golf ball. I was literally topping golf shots on the golf course. This was after hitting it the best I ever had the week before. To summarize, if you make swing changes without the guide of an instructor, if you fall for that trap, you can go from hitting it the best you ever had to hitting it the worst you ever had. What do you think, Dr. Saxena? Yeah, I think you've given a great example of what we mean by threats. Again, threats can be, you know, mental, psychological. They can be, you know, real or perceived. It's really just a matter of saying, you know, look, in golf, we understand that making swing changes on our own without the guidance of a, of a swing instructor can essentially ruin your game. And just understanding that's a threat and we all fall into that trap and we saw a new YouTube video or we heard a tip and we want to, oh, we think this is going to make us the next Tiger Woods. So we go out, we work hard on it. So it's just understanding that, you know, hey, it's okay to discuss it with your coach and say, hey, I, I you know, I saw this video. I really want to work on this. And your coach, he or she may say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's work on it. Or no, that's going to totally ruin your swing. And, you, you know, for your swing, you need to be working on something else. So, yeah, it's just identifying these potential threats mitigating them in some way beforehand so that they don't overtake all of this hard work that you've done and ruin all of the hard work that you've done. Exactly. Now that we've made a SWOT analysis, Dr. Saxena, what do you do with a SWOT analysis once you've made one? 
Well, I mean, basically you use it as that bridge from your high level goals uh, into your more like detailed strategic plan. So you set your goals. You want to, like we've discussed already, improve your strengths, work on your weaknesses, look for, you know, short, medium, and even long-term opportunities and be wary of the threats. Look, always look for these threats that are out there. And uh, t typically it's funny. I always say that, you know, in life, at least in the modern society we live in, 80% of the things that are going to happen to you, the, the bad things that are going to happen to you are self-inflicted. So typically a lot of these threats are your own psychological, uh, not understanding how to properly operate, not having the proper mental foundations and kind of veering off and going in the wrong direction. But regardless, threats can be real or perceived, mental or physical. It doesn't matter. Just be aware of them, look for them and find out ways to mitigate them before they actually affect you negatively. Uh, but yeah, just basically do the SWOT analysis, start implementing and use it as a bridge between the high level and then what you can actually start working on right away. Exactly. Just to kind of say it again, it's you set the strategic plan, you break your game down into elements, and then from there, you do a SWOT analysis to understand which elements you want to work on. And then from there, once you've done the SWOT analysis, you set goals. Stay tuned for next episode where we actually set these goals. This is going to be a great episode. This is going to be the episode that I think is going to change your life. It's my favorite of season one, and I'm so excited for it. Anyways, Dr. Saxena, any parting thoughts? I think we've covered a lot during this episode, but basically understand what a SWOT analysis is. Use it with your in your golf game. Use it in your life. Use it anywhere you can. Certainly, if you end up getting into a business like I'm in or, or any business, it's a very, very powerful tool. So just be aware of it and use it and make your life uh, as good as you can make it. Thank you so much, Dr. Saxena. Guys, if you want a free copy of my book, It's Between the Ears, Go to SunilRohanSaxena.com forward slash book. You can find it in the show notes page, which is linked in the episode description. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.